This is the Tribune Audio Network. This episode of Eat It Virginia is brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich. I like to say if you get there to 11, you're guaranteed all the options. So right when you open. Yep. I'm looking for secrets. No so no barbecue secrets. There. I do have one little window. Oh yeah. This Ooh. is just for you, Roby. It's Monday, October 21st, and it's almost my birthday. We talk fire, flour, and fork. Say that five times fast. And we have Chris Fultz and Alex Graft of ZZQ. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Hello and welcome to Eat It, Virginia. My name is Scott Wise and I'm here with my co-host, Roby Martin. Roby, welcome back to America. Well, thanks so much. It's actually been great weather here, so I'm excited to be back. It's like I brought it with me, so everyone can thank me for the amazing weather we've been having. I have a confession to make. Oh, gosh. I had to stop following you on Instagram while you were gone in Europe. Oh, no. I was so jealous. You know that, like, that... Jealousy that happens on social media yeah, sometimes, uh, and it's not really I healthy. I think it's called FOMO. Yeah, FOMO. I had that. I had major FOMO. Tell me about your trip. Well, we did a little hiking in the Stubai Valley, which is right in the in the Alps. We hung out at Oktoberfest. Do you know they have throw-up tents there? <laughs> no. Like physical that's tents where terrible. people can puke and rally, because that's how big of a drinking festival it is. Right. The largest festival in the world. How does it smell? Like in general. Like sausage. Like a frat. Like sausage, <laughs> yeah. sausage and beer? That makes yeah. sense. What, yeah. were, what were the highlights of Oktoberfest? Uh, we had, well, they serve beer in liters, which I feel like should be a thing. One liter, 13 euros. I don't even know what that means. It means it's a really large beer. I don't, I don't beer. know liters and I don't know euros. Really so. large beer, high, uh, not super high ABV. People drink them by the liter and get roasted half chickens served to them on these tables that are just packed with people. Packed. I've never seen so many people in one place. Is there an Instagram highlight on your uh, Instagram stories that we can watch? Or are they, there are, are they all come and gone? There are multiple places that you can see this, but mostly, I mean, like, it, 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 I mean, I'll put up a couple other things so you can see it over at Call Me Roby, but really, it is, if you have the opportunity to go, you should. I don't say, I don't think you should stay for days because it can get exhausting, but it is nothing like I've ever experienced. You also mentioned uh, during the last podcast that you were going to the world's best restaurant. I did go to the world's best restaurant. I met Massimo Batura, who is the chef. He's like a bouncing gummy bear. He has so much energy. And we ate some of the highlights of his restaurant, which is Franciscana. Um, we met his wife, who is, has started her own garden in the back of this um I guess this uh, bed and breakfast they have began together. It opened in June. Her name is Lara. Um, I had the best tortellini I've ever had. I had the best parmigiana that I've ever had. I've had, I mean, I don't even want to talk about it. It's like, was outstanding. Also, not inexpensive. So that is some, There's so that. I'm pretty much at home for the remainder of the year. So if what you want to find me, I am eating ramen in my kitchen. We should mention that later on in this podcast, we're going to be at ZZQ talking to Alex and Chris about one of Richmond's best restaurants. Absolutely. I'm excited to hear from them. I learned when you should go to ZZQ and not be in a line. 
You learned when to go to ZZQ and not be in a line. Not stand in line. There's this is like one of the big takeaways we have from our interview coming are up. Are you kidding me? The faster the brisket can get to my face, the better I feel. There was some big news while you were gone. Oh, give it to me. Blanchard's opened up a coffee shop so close to Channel 6 we can smell the beans. So I just went to that coffee shop, and I got to tell you, Scott, I love it. I walked in and I felt inadequate. Why? There are so many beautiful people sipping coffee in that place. I felt inadequate. It's almost like they curated their clientele, <laughs> it's like isn't it? models walking it, in, taking pictures. With the best coffee. And they don't skimp on the pours either, which I really love. And it's so close to work. It's dangerous. You Well, go more. So we are without Booth again today, which I don't know if you can see my face, Scott, but I'm sad. He's just so busy. Everybody wants his why knowledge. But never fear. We are going to get that guy back for the next podcast. Podcast. If you have suggestions about what you'd like to hear about from Booth and Wine, shoot them over to us at eatitvirginia at gmail.com. We'd love to know what you'd like to hear him talk about because he likes to talk about wine, but sometimes it's tough for us to figure out where to delineate. Alex and Chris with ZZQ are coming up next. So, Roby. Yes, Scott. It's not, it's not. <laughs> Go ahead. It's not polite to talk about ages, but we're going to talk about ages right now. Okay. Because the country is celebrating a very important birthday. It's the 40th anniversary of the first Happy Meal. Do you remember your first time Well, it, I feel a Happy Meal? I got to say this. The Happy Meal is as old as I am. I know. You both age so gracefully. Oh, that's so good. The chicken nuggets still do look good, don't they? Always. So tell us what uh, McDonald's is doing to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Happy Meal. The same thing I got when I turned 40, a surprise party. They're Ooh. doing a surprise Happy Meal. So what does that entail? Do t- toys. What kind of toys? Surprise. All right. They're toys from the last 40 years. Oh, do you remember what the toys were when we were kids? I don't know, but I'm crossing my fingers for a Muppet baby. Was, it, was there an E.T. toy or a Star Wars? That's what I liked when I was E.T. phone home toy? That, that's the one. Oh, Star Wars. Who do you like? In Star Wars? Yes. Han Solo. Duh. Why are you even asking that question? So you want a Han Solo toy? Absolutely. So you do know when you can get one? Tell me. If if that's the surprise, and I'm not going to spoil the surprise, on November the 7th is when they're going to start the 40th anniversary with all of the surprise toys from the last 40 years. Let's just say this. Let's say you guys had pretty large national media come visit you all. This is not your first time, though. You guys have had national media come and sit in your restaurant, hang out, eat all of the things before. I mean, really and truly, you guys have been probably the most visited restaurant with respect to national media coming in and sucking down brisket and loving every second of it. Of course, we love to feed them. Of course. We love to feed everyone. Sure. We're doing our modest little part to get Richmond on the map. I like it, though. Is it, it's like, does it, do you guys go home and take big deep breaths, shot of tequila or some sort of Texas liquor Definitely that you a love, shot of and just lay down and go? All right, next week we got to do it again. Yeah. Tomorrow, you know, as um, first-time restaurant owners, uh, some weeks it's a little bit like being on a hamster wheel or being in, you know, the movie Groundhog Day. So as soon as you get to Sunday, which is our Friday, because it's our last day of the week, you think, oh my gosh, we get a couple days off because we're closed on Monday and Tuesday. But, you know, Monday, the reality of Monday is, up. Oh, there's some inventory to do, up, oh, you sure. got to go in and 
check a few things. So we're back in the restaurant for a few hours. And then today, Tuesday, we're pretty much there all day long. So, it, you know, it never so ends. It's, um, but we're living the dream and we're having fun doing it. And I think we're doing it pretty well. So I'm going to walk back at those. I'm with the owners of ZZQ, Chris Fultz and Alex Graff. And you guys have been open for a little under two years, correct? Yep. Soon to be two. Kind of a whirlwind of started with a bunch of your buddies and maybe your backyard. That's true. Little backyard parties. New Year's Day was always a big deal. Um, I always go back to that reference point because for me every day at ZZQ is my New Year's Day party every single day you might be there with someone else who's been there before they're welcome you're welcome they're bringing you now I know you I don't really think that people understand what goes into making the food that you guys make like the sincere like hours of preparation one brisket takes how long so <clears throat> a long time is the short answer. Uh, there's many steps in the process, uh, beginning with, you know, getting the case of meat off the delivery truck. It's then trimmed to a very specific specification that we're looking for, um, which, you know, requires some training and thoughtfulness. Then it is um, put away until it's ready to be loaded in the smoker. And once that happens, there's a slather and a dry rub that goes on it. Again, all very specific. And then it goes into the smoker. And depending on the, you know, the weather outside, how cold it is, how hot it is, how large the meat is, it can smoke anywhere from 14 to 18 hours. But this isn't just a set it and forget it slow cooker no, thing. No, no, no. So the what's unique about us is we're purists and kind of traditionalists in terms of how we cook the meat. Uh, there's nothing automated. There are no buttons. There's no gas assist. It's all um, reconstituted. It's all cooked on reconstituted old propane tanks that have been converted into traditional offset smokers. Offset simply means you have a firebox on one end, you have the heat and smoke source, and then that travels from one end to the other to a chimney. And so you're regulating airflow to adjust your heat and amount of smoke and all those things. And it's very hands-on. It's, cra it's a craft, and it's not easy to do. No, there's nothing easy about what we do. When you look in the smokehouse, when those guys are in there, guys and gals are in there working, they never stop moving. They're tending the fire. They're tending the meat. They're preparing some meat for another moment. It's They do not sit down and just chill. And It's not like when we used to smoke and you'd hang out and drink beer and have a good time. It's They are in constant, constant motion, making sure that those meats are perfect. Let's talk a little bit about Texas, because most people sure. from Texas love to talk about Texas. Yeah. What is it about Texas barbecue that makes it so special? Um, the way that we cook, that's, which is actually a great segue to that, um, all the places that I was familiar with before I moved to Virginia and actually became more familiar with after I moved to Virginia, um, cook 
um, by traditional methods. Um, most of the places, the old school places, cook on old masonry pits. So it's literally a brick pit sitting on the ground, and there's an open fire on one end. Literally, you walk into the smokehouse, and there's an open fire, and you could burn yourself if you're not careful. And then that is conveyed through this long pit that might be 30, 40 feet long, depending on where you're at, to a, a, a big chimney in like a big warehouse space. Um, but that style of cooking yields a very unique um, flavor profile and type of barbecue that I took for granted until I moved to Virginia, and then I started to miss it. Um, and that's what kind of got me inspired to learn it. Um, to try to, you know, bring to us and our friends something that I grew up with and loved dearly. Um, so that's just one aspect of what's so special about it. So for people who've never been to ZZQ or to Texas for that matter, what is that, what is that profile that, that you're describing? So um, most places will use a salt and pepper rub exclusively. The old school places, the newer school places like La Barbecue or Terry Black's or Franklin or Micklethwaite they'll they might embellish that a little bit with other um, herbs and spices um, but it begins with salt and pepper some places equal parts a lot of places more pepper than salt um, then it goes on to a pit and it smokes a long time just like we do um, but what's unique about that region the central region of texas which orange and i really love is that a lot of it's done with post oak so that's a very unique flavor profile that is imparted onto the meat from the wood. Since we're in Virginia, we can't use that. We use uh, kind of an oak blend of chestnut oak, white oak, and red oak, um, which is a little bit milder than post oak, but still really good, and it doesn't overpower the meat. So it lets you know the meat, all of which, which is very high quality and great meat, um, kind of do it you know just it celebrates the meat and doesn't try to mask the meat at all so you get to enjoy the flavor of the beef which is nice and how much does good meat matter to good barbecue it, it's everything i mean that we have spent so much of our years doing this making sure we can get our hands on the best possible brisket we can find and there's there's no compromising so we, um, just to finish that point, we, you know, we care deeply about where our food is sourced and, you know, what goes into our customers' bellies. Um, we, when we were growing our brand, doing the backyard thing, doing our pop-ups at Ardent, we tried to source local beef. The challenge with the farms in Virginia in this region um, has to deal with the kind of quantity we need to sustain our business. I talked to Nathan Stanball, who was with Creekstone for some time and now has started his own meat company, and he even says at a large scale that he sits, he can't supply you all right. with the quantity right. that, he, that you all are using right now. Yeah, I mean, we're cooking 3,000 pounds of brisket alone a week, um, and that's a, a lot of cattle, and that's every week. So um, the meat that we have sourced, and this goes for pork and beef, is all... Um, natural in that there's no use of hormones or antibiotics um, in cultivating the growth of the animal. Um, it 
It is all very well marbled, though, so they're finished on grain. A lot of them begin um, pasture-raised and then are finished on grain to fatten them up because you need the marbling. And the success of the barbecue really starts with, as Orange said, the meat. It has to be great meat, and it's all prime grade, which is the highest grading you can get for beef. Um, and then I think— So your meat is all prime grade? All the beef is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something we need to talk about just briefly because prime is the upper level that's, of meat grading. That's it. That's right. The top. That's the top. And, and below that, you know, it's a little less forgiving, um, to be honest. The the higher the grade, the more the marbling, the more intramuscular fat, um, uh, collagen, and so forth, which makes it tender and juicy if you know how to cook it. And that's what makes it really magical and velvety and unctuous and all those things that, Look at that people smile get excited on his face. about. He just got really excited about brisket, which is something it's that I love about I've these two because they really get excited about meat. <laughs> love it. You can tell the passion. I know. So let's, like, I mean, I got to walk down this. The Taste of the South Top 50. I mean, our, our buddies, old Carmen on the Washington Post, thinks that you all hung the brisket moon, which I don't disagree with them. I mean, you guys were, I don't know, what else? The Oh, Texas barbecue actually was like, Virginia, go to ZZQ. They're like some of the best Texas barbecue. Texas Monthly, yeah. How do you stay humble? My head would be huge. I would not make it through doors. <laughs> so it's, yeah, um, you want to start with that one? Because the, what matters is that person right in front of us that we're feeding. And being in the moment, being in our moment, is the most important thing. Because we're here for one reason, and that's to feed our guests. You know, when so the accolades started literally less than six months after we opened last year. It was Food and Wine, and then it was um, Daniel Vaughn, Texas Monthly, and then it was Thrill List, named us top 33 in the country. And, you know, that sent our numbers bonkers for all last fall. I mean, we doubled and tripled our volume immediately, and the really cool part of that is it we've sustained that volume since then. Um, so we're, but what that does for us is it, I did an, sleep. I did an interview with, I mean, you're not going to see lines out the door. They're going to be start there to start climbing the building. It's gonna be huge. I think we did an interview with style or something. We made some kind of power list or something. I can't recall, but it, I think what we said in that is it really motivates us to earn those accolades mm -hmm. every day. It just it inspires us to work harder. Um, and luckily, we have a crew of remarkable people who feel the same way, and they take ownership in it, and they love their job, and they love working for ZZQ, and they like being the best of the best. So, you know, fast forward to this spring and summer – um, well, I guess it culminated in the Washington Post thing that you mentioned, and then this spring and summer. I've always wanted to be in Garden and Gun. That's just something I've always personally wanted, being a Texan transplanted to Virginia did, and being well, in the South. I know Jed, who doesn't really do a lot of writing for Garden and Gun anymore, but he did a lot, totally loves you all. He and I have talked about it. Jed Portman, if for people that don't know, was the food editor for some time at Garden and Gun, and I know that he thinks that you all are super solid. So, yeah, so one of the biggest honors for me personally was the Barbecue Nation issue that came out last month and we were one of 15 recognized in the south i mean alongside rodney scott you know people that i friggin worship and admire like nothing else and to see us alongside those you know people was the most humbling 
amazing thing. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now just talking about so it. So cute. Well, and to have Sub Rosa included in that issue too was, that's I mean, true. that's a great reminder of the of home, of here. Those guys are such good. Yeah. So eggs. And you know, there were some Texas pitmasters that we know personally that were in that issue. And uh, of course, do you guys have a group text when it <laughs> happens? And you're like, woohoo! I'll some send you some them. brisket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was texting some of the guys immediately. You know, congratulations! And it's really cool to you know, at a year and a half into this, to be included in that kind of lexicon of barbecue, which is all we ever dreamed of. And here we are. <laughs> I find it really cool because I obviously we are friends. Um, we, I've been to your house. I've been to a New Year's, which is all great. So I follow you around. I think that your research is it, it's great for me to see. I mean, you, when you guys are off, you are traveling around, tasting barbecue. I mean, I'm probably gripping and grinning and knowing you, Alex, holding all the babies. Um, I think. Do you find that helps? Do you, I mean it doesn't hurt? But do you get like ideas? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean even. So when we took our team down to Austin in January, I got to suck to work for you guys. Right. It's horrible. (laughs) Um, I got to experience my first times all over again through their eyes and all that information that you get through the food, through the space, through the people, um, everyone out there doing barbecue is doing it because they care. There's no easy path in barbecue and, um, just to you know, to see all that information come together, and they're like, "Oh, I understand why ZZQ looks the way it does. I understand a little better why our service works the way it does," and that's so exciting. Yeah, and, and it just it brings our you know our our crew, our family closer together, and um, you know they get it. And then you know when customers are coming through our serving line, they might be wearing a hat from Louis Miller or something, and a customer will recognize it, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, I've been there, and blah, blah, blah. What did you like? This is what I liked, and this is what was cool about the space. And, you know, they're ambassadors, and, you know, they can educate people about it, and it's really cool to witness that. I want to walk it back a little bit. Um, you mentioned when you were the pop-up outside of Arden. Let's talk about the moment you guys decided to go for it and, and create this restaurant. So just to give some background before we do that, you all started as a pop-up at Ardent Craft Brewery, which is Ardent Craft Ales, which is like directly behind or in front, depending on who where you are, uh, your location now. And you all started essentially from your house to there in like a baby garage. Now they're Sour Barn or whatever yes. you want to call it. Yeah. Whoa. That was yeah. line after line after line. Yeah, yeah. It's... Um you want to start on that? Well, one? we with had Mabel? been oh with Mabel, Mabel, yeah, Mabel. That's where it starts. Oh, that's where it starts. Yeah. So Mabel, Chris and I were dating. He was designing this offset smoker. One day, Mabel, this offset smoker, arrives at my house. I'm sorry. He just pulls up an offset smoker at your house, and you guys are dating. Yes. So about a month. You are ago. the most tolerant human being. Have you seen how pretty Miss Mabel is? <laughs> Come on. Have you had the brisket? Okay. You know, I have people call and they say, I've got to tell you about your brisket, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, darling, I married the man. <laughs> so, um, and that's when we started catering. We did a catering about a month later. 
And so all of this is, is very interwoven with our relationship. And this is a product of us together, I believe. And so year and a half of ca just catering, Little Miss Mabel selling briskets illegally out of the backyard here and there, nine brisket at a time. The Statue of the Living Tations is well done. So you yeah. guys, yeah. You're well, we already got in trouble. We're good. <laughs> yeah, we got shut down by the health departments. So. You should have just given them a brisket. <laughs> right. If only. I would love for her to come by now. Um, and then it was at that moment that we got shut down that we were like, okay, what are we going to do? How do we take this to the next level? So it wasn't a, we're going to build a restaurant. It was a, what's the next step? So that's when Russell Cook sort of came into the picture a little bit more because he'd always been an ear. You know, he's always been just a left hand, right hand for me, for Chris in different kinds of ways in this project. But, we needed a space so we could actually. We need a commissary kitchen to prep all our food. Be and yeah, yeah. Be yeah. legit. Yeah. And that's when Arden invited us to participate in Swine and Brine Number One. All pig, all the time. Yeah, that was ironic because we're known for our brisket and, and our backyard <laughs> pop ups. And um, it was all pork, which was, you know, it was fun. We had a blast and. Um, we learned quickly that uh, people had heard about us and they knew something about, they didn't know much about us, but they knew a little bit about us and they saw this easy cue and we had long, long lines for pork. Yeah, and sold out there and then had a conversation with the owners, Tom Sullivan in particular, and um, started showing up there twice a month with Mabel, pulling her in on Thursday, smoking all day Friday, serving Friday night, we'd be out of food in 60 minutes. <laughs> so, Every so, single time. You know, 48 hours of cooking, 60 minutes of selling. So, yeah. Yeah, the payoff has to be amazing. <laughs> but process. We started to understand process. We started to understand what we could do, really. And um, that's when we started talking about something bigger. Yeah, yeah. So for, I guess like, maybe for me the moment was, you know, that, those Friday nights when we started getting longer and longer lines and selling out faster and faster. I think that's really for me where it really started to solidify because, you know, we hadn't gone out into the public yet and, and had a feel for how responsive the, the public would be to our barbecue. Um, but and it, okay. go ahead. No, no, that's okay. when the Texans started showing up. Yeah. And, um, so, um, you know, we've, one thing that I think we're both proud of is that we've never um, reached beyond our grasp. We've done everything very thoughtfully and methodically as we've grown. And I wasn't about to try to, you know, compromise the quality of the meat just, you know, to cram more meat in the smoker just so we could satisfy demand. The next step had to be a bigger smoker. And this was when I'd been reading about John Lewis at La Barbecue and he was skyrocketing and getting famous, and then uh, then I read he was starting to manufacture pits. So we were just married on our honeymoon, which was where we we had a driving honeymoon. Took us I don't know eighteen hours to get to Austin. It wasn't that long, um, and we went to a barbecue, and we had 
a very long conversation with John Lewis. It's first time I'd met him. Um, Chris had been emailing with him and the manager at the time of the barbecue. And it was exciting to have him be receptive to us. And it was a very, for me, I was like, oh, this is really legit what we're doing. Because he wanted to talk to us. He wanted to hear about what we were doing. And it was beautiful. And off we went to West Texas. And then driving back. So we had a month-long honeymoon. My children still hate me. Um, <laughs> we were one day away from home. We had spent the night in Tennessee. And that morning we were getting coffee. And John Lewis Sr. called. And tried to talk Chris out of getting one of these big offset smokers. Yeah, and he, he said, but if you want one, we'll build you one. But I want John to talk to you first. So once we got to Richmond, you know, John called me like 11 o'clock at night a few days after we got back to Richmond, and he tried to talk me out of it as well. He just wanted me to understand how hard it is to cook that way, you know, which I already did. And I had a laser kind of focus on how I wanted to cook and and what I wanted my barbecue to be like and it had to be cooked that way but you know he he didn't talk me out of it and so they made us our first pit and then the next season that pit showed up at Arden and we were able to cook for a lot more people and since then you guys have two more one more we actually not made by John John Lewis, though, right? Two more made. We have three total made by John Lewis, and then we have a newer one that we picked up this year, by made by a guy named Sonny Moberg. Sure, that's a that's a good pit too. And that is that's our road pit. So we took that to Charleston Wine and Food, and cooked on that. So we got Max Mabel first, Max Mavis, Mazzy, and now Margot. May I ask what's with the M names? Oh, it just started with Mabel. It Mabel. started with Mabel. It was my grandmother. Yeah. And um, you can't see Chris, but he has a great tattoo down one of his forearms that says Mabel. It's very, very nice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's very pretty. Thank you. So you guys, interestingly enough, John Lewis actually kind of was going through the same thing you all were going through at the same time because he opened Lewis Barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Very similar time frames. Yep. Did you guys commiserate yeah, or yeah. share ideas he invited me and he invited me down he was doing a pop-up at uh, coast brewing in charleston and uh you know cultivating his following down there and so me and my son went down and hung out with him and his father one weekend and you know got to observe got to help out a little bit i, I think i helped make the sauce his hot guts that day or something um that was a really magical time and experience. It was a beautiful fall day, and people lined up, you know, as far as the eye could see for his barbecue, and it was really, really cool to be a part of that. We were talking earlier about some of the famous people that you fed. I remember, you know, I write a lot of the stories for Channel 6, and one of, there was a rapper that came through, uh, Snoop Dogg's cousin. Warren G. Warren G., that's yeah, right. Yeah. You just know him as Snoop Dogg's cousin, Scott. <laughs> the funny thing is Warren G., I think, last week picked up a Sonny Moberg pit. Um, he, got a fi- he, he got a he got a restaurant, right? Yeah, five hundred gallon pit. Yeah. And the next call is going to be to you. I know it. Warren is going to be like, "I had your stuff. Can you come help?" He bought a whole brisket from us and took it to California. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. After eating almost a whole brisket, that's that guy knows what's up. Were you guys giving a heads up that he was uh, making his way down to Scott's edition? No, 
No, he just showed up. <laughs> and somebody was in line going, I think that that might be the warrant to the G. And he was videoing his whole experience walking from outside, walking in the front door on his phone. You know, it was hilarious. Have there been any other celebrity sightings uh, over the years? Uh, I consider Daniel Vaughn a celebrity. I would that too. was my most nerve wracking day. Um, and we feed else? Patrick Phelan all the time. Sure, he. <laughs> oh, well, I, actually, I mean, so John Prine has been in. He, I don't know if you guys know that, but he rolled in and had a ZZQ moment when he was around maybe six months ago. Any of the Washington Redskins when they were in town, or do they avoid Texas stuff because the Dallas? No, 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 no. They're for they, food. Washington. There's Warren G's on the phone. Yep, right there. That's the brisket call. Yep. Apologize. I thought I turned that off. That's all right. No we worries. want you to answer it and ask Warren G what he thinks of his new smoker. So, yeah. Um, Dan Snyder. Yeah, the owner of the Redskins came in. ZZQ, the name ZZQ and our barbecue spread like wildfire this year at training camp. Um, every day we were crushed during camp with Good. customers. And then towards the end of the week, we would get some players. And then one weekend, um, Dan Snyder rolled in with like 10 people. Um Ordered a bunch of food. Lots of Lone Star. It was it was <laughs> nuts. It was a lot of fun too. It's my kind of guy. Because <laughs> everyone, you know, everyone was in such good spirits and having a good time and loving the experience of ZZQ. And, and then the season started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they just needed more food. More comfort. food, exactly. Yes. Come back to Com- Richmond. Comforting food. We won't blame you guys for that. I forgot to mention Clinton Portis. Clint- Clinton Portis. He came in. He came in, and he was the sweetest and most excited human being. He was all about looking in those smokers. <laughs> he wanted to see inside the smoker. I thought he was going to crawl in there at one moment. So what did he eat? everything of course yeah he he, he could only uh, work it out with his schedule that he could come in on a day we're closed oh it's, it's today basically <laughs> and um we all looked at each other and said you know what we're gonna make him an awesome tray so we cooked it up just for him and he had a full spread nice the Clinton Portis spread. Wait, you'll see that on the menu at some point in time. It'll be like a million dollars and you get absolutely everything. The whole restaurant to yourself. The whole restaurant to yourself. You guys are doing Fire, Flower, and Fork? Yeah, Fire, Flower, uh, fire <laughs> Flower, and Fork. It is a tongue twister, isn't it? We're, uh, we're doing three events there. On Saturday morning, uh, I'm on some panel just talking about barbecue and history of barbecue. I might be moderating that panel. Okay, awesome. Um, well, good. It'll be nice and comfortable. And oh, it'll be it'll be just like this. Yeah. And then that evening, uh, Esaul Ramos from Two M Smokehouse is going to be joining us at ZZQ, and we're going to be collaborating on a meal together—a five-course meal, I think. Correct. That celebrates kind of um, the Texas-Virginia connection. Um, what's unique about the Texas connection on the Esaul side is he's Mexican American, so he brings a lot of that his uh, cultural influences to his food, which is part of what makes his food amazing. And then me being a transplanted Texas in Virginia, um, I've been influenced by, you know, a number of things, whether it's the landscape or it's the bay or um, it's the blend of barbecue styles that's all over the state of Virginia. And so we're going to, you know, mesh all that together to do something really unique and cool that evening. And then Sunday we're doing... Uh, smoke on the water. And so we're going to take uh, Margot out for that. 
and she's always really cool to see out in public. That's at a new location this year. It's over at Tredegar, which I think is going to be super fun. It's like a little bit easier to get to. More convenient. Yes. Like, I mean, while the location that it was at previously was beautiful, it was a little bit down in there. So Tredegar is pretty central. So I read an article that um, was written in the Charleston City paper that talks about the, I guess, how political barbecue is. Obviously, you're familiar with Bessingers and the Confederate flag outside of South Carolina and how they're now there. I guess his sons are trying to get away from that per like that view. Do you all I know this is not something you subscribe to, but do you see the divisiveness in the barbecue has a lot of politics. Barbecue has a lot of politics. ZZQ does not have politics. Everyone is welcome. Everyone sits at the table together and everyone is well fed. And everyone has their own opinions and they're welcome to express them as much as they like. But one of our values is just be nice. I love that about you guys. I love the be nice. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Um, I really don't think there's any place for it. I mean, you know, we get all walks of life, all political persuasions and, um, you know, I may not subscribe to it, but we're all there just to enjoy some good food, and and that's the way it should be. Barbecue should be something that brings us all together. Should so never be divisive. N- never. You're. I totally agree with you. And I want to know. So, let's just say, mm, I want some barbecue, and there's a line. What is my best time to get to you all? Because at twelve, I'm not getting any barbecue. Um, I like to say, if you get there to eleven, you're guaranteed. All the options. So right when you open. Yep. 11 a.m. is the best time to get a snack. I just, there's no crystal ball. <laughs> oh, I, I know. <laughs> I'm looking for secrets. No so no barbecue secrets? There. I do have one little window. Oh, yeah. This Ooh. is just for you, Roby. Barbecue secrets. Let me mute everybody else. Are you ready? Here we go. Friday. Friday, we are cooking for lunch, but we're also cooking for supper. So there's a little window between like, I'm going to call it 2.30 and 4.30. We have all the meats, maybe not pastrami, but we've got everything teed up for Friday evening and not everybody's out of work. Not everybody has that moment to come by. Yeah, that's the best window to, yeah. Friday, 2.30 to 4.30, ZZQ. You're listening to Roby Martin and Scott Wise with Alex Graff and Chris Fultz of ZZQ in Scott's Edition on Eat It Virginia. Want more food in your ear? Subscribe to the podcast or find us on Twitter at Eat It Virginia, Instagram at Eat It Virginia, or Facebook at Eat It Virginia. And now, back to the show. So, Roby, Alex and Chris were talking about Fire, Flower, and Fork and how they're going to be part of that big Richmond food celebration coming up, Halloween weekend. Yeah. so They're going to be a big part, too. I am. I'm all over the place, but not as big a part as they are. They give all of their time and most of their food to this festival. So you guys come out and support it. So it is October the 31st through November the 1st. So Halloween weekend. I am, you will see me at Maple and Pine on the on Halloween night. You will see me at 
Food University on Sunday. I'm moderating a couple of panels there. I'm moderating a panel with Chris Fultz and a bunch of other pit masters in Richmond at Smoke on the Water on Sunday. And then I also am hosting, kind of, I mean, if I mean, David Bertka requested me. Jokes, he did not request me. But I will be there introducing David and all of the individuals at the Drag Brunch on Saturday. What else is happening in your world this month? What about November? Well, tonight, when this podcast comes out, Monday, tonight I will be judging the culinary showdown that is happening at lunch and supper. What's that all about? It's Fight Club, man. We're going to be doing seafood dishes and... There are four chefs that are competing. It is a national thing that roves around the nation. And I am one of the judges with a future podcast person, Michelle Williams. Did I see on on your Instagram that you're involved in a bake-off as well? I am in a bake-off, absolutely. So next weekend, I am cooking. Who are these people that want me to bake? I don't even know. It's Next Move program, and I am baking with one of their... Participants. I, yeah, I guess it's a students. I, they have a new bakery called Tablespoons in which they're teaching individuals some, I think it's life skills. I wish I knew how to bake. I'm a terrible baker. I guess I will learn from them. Don't eat Roby's cake next weekend. No, do eat my cake and vote for us to win. Also, vote for it, but, yes, you, know. you can come. I'll, I'll be there. You can come and vote. Oh, yeah. So the tickets are. 20 bucks, I think. It's not too bad. You get to taste all of our creations. And by our creations, their creations, I'm there for, I don't know. Moral support? Yeah, and comedy, because that's what it's really going to be. Definitely comedy. Yeah, so much comedy. But I have Christina Dick. We have um, Reba Hollingsworth, who is going to MC the thing. Beautiful. We have uh, Bill from the Valentine Museum. We have so many great people that are giving their time to bake on Sunday at West... Wood Church. Okay. I think that's where it is. All right. We'll have the information on our, on our uh, Instagram we'll account. We'll put it up on the Instagram account. Um, and I also think that we're going to do a little Instagram uh, contest. We, we're going to donate some more money, me and a couple of other sponsors. So if you want to be a part of that, I'd love for it to oh, happen. Beautiful. And speaking of the Instagram, we try to do a, a good job keeping it updated. You know, this, uh, the podcast is one of our, our passion projects. Is there anything that you think would be helpful for us to put up there uh, for you guys to keep tabs on what's happening? In the dining and, and beverage community. What is know. the Instagram, Scott? At Eat It Virginia. Awesome. Yeah. On Facebook, at Eat It Virginia. Via email, at Eat It Virginia at gmail.com. You got it. I like it. Well, good. We'd like suggestions from you all. And as always, this is Roby and Scott, and you're listening to Eat It Virginia. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network. This episode of Eat It Virginia was brought to you by your locally owned and operated McDonald's restaurants. National First Responders Day is October 28th. Show your first responder ID for a free sandwich.